This is Democracy, a podcast that explores the interracial, intergenerational, and intersectional unheard voices living in the world's most influential democracy. Welcome to our new episode of This is Democracy. Today, we are going to mark the beginning of the school year. Uh, In many parts of our country, uh, students have either returned to school in the last week or they are in the process of returning to school. Here in Austin, our public schools begin this week. And we have with us, uh, to talk about the beginnings of the school year, we have with us two students uh, here in the Austin Independent School District. Uh, They are familiar to our audience and familiar to me, of course. Uh, We have uh, Natalie Suri. Hello. Hello, Natalie. Uh, Natalie is in high school. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, you're going into your junior year, correct? Yes. And we have very Zach- exciting. Very it is very exciting. exciting. It is very exciting. And we have Zachary Suri with us as well. Hello, Zachary. Hello. And you are starting high school, right, Zachary? Yep. Excellent. Tenth grade. Tenth gr- ninth grade, right? Yeah. Ninth grade. And, that's uh, when high school starts. That's right. That's right. And uh, in order to start us off on our discussion, Zachary has written a poem about going back to school. And we hope it's a positive, optimistic poem. Zachary, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, let's hear your poem. Ode to my school. This is an ode to my school, a soliloquy to the slowness, the peace of a school set under the sunlit rafters of Kinegulain Siesta. And this is a river to collect the tears of all her homesick fledglings beginning to fly. This is an ode to my school, an ode to all my rainy mornings stepping on the puddles of never-never land. This is an ode to all the constitutional legalities screamed down the concrete steps of the construction yards of the mind. This, my friends, is an ode to all the times I ran my hand across the old railings of the building that tricked so many a sleepless scholar. This is an ode to all the scratched records I have spun under the stucco of aging ceilings. And this is an ode to all the soothsayers, to all the quiet, luminary, visionary, revolutionary, daily readers of the entrails of your soul, who look to us each day to find which way the wind blows. Yet somehow an ode does not suffice to capture the life between the sacred rituals and the Latin conjugated verbial contraptions. An ode does not suffice to tell of all this, for there is something about this place that cannot be expressed in words. I can only say that it is the feeling of sinking into an old couch that you have known for many years. Hmm. That's a very affectionate poem for school. Uh, what What's your message? Well, my poem is really about... Um, how much uh, school and the environment that it creates is is a part of our lives and how it becomes a second home and a sort of respite for us. But at the same time, it's um, a very stressful and engaging institution. Mm. And what's your message for kids, maybe like yourself today, who are a little uh, afraid to be entering high school or entering a new school? Well, I think, too, that uh, every year sort of brings new opportunities and, and and new experiences and to be able to do that with a community that um, a community that's like there specifically for that purpose is a really special experience. Mm-hmm. Natalie, do you agree? Is that your message for kids starting in new schools today? That it's 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 a comfortable home home like environment? Yeah, definitely. Um I think that that's what it's supposed to be. And if it's not, I feel like, yeah, I feel like especially at a public school, there's so many different people. There's so many different. You just have to put yourself out there and 
Yeah, I definitely believe. And I definitely believe that school is supposed to be your home for some kids. It's the only consistent part of their lives. So if it's important that, yeah, so if it's like not working out, it's important that it's fixed. That's right. That was very vague. No, I think think that makes sense. Um, And one thing, Natalie, that's often an issue at schools is, is how political issues get handled, right? We live in a very political time. I know that uh, for you and your friends, many of the issues that they're seeing on TV and hearing about and over social media uh, are important to them. How, how does your school uh, deal with political issues? Do teachers and uh, students have an opportunity to discuss them and how do they discuss them? Well, teachers, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's a rule, but like it, they don't really talk to the class about their political views, but you can usually tell. You can just usually tell. But, um, well, me and my friends, it depends on like how close you are and stuff. But me, but some of my friends, uh, we talk about a lot about the um, political issues revolving around like sexual orientations. And we also talk a lot about like sometimes we'll just talk about how much we don't like Trump. But, like, we don't really talk about specific issues because that's not really our main, like, interest. And, yeah, um, I guess that's a problem to a certain extent because we're not as politically involved. But it's also, but, like, also if there's, like, something really important, for example, like, everyone, my close friends care about gun violence. So if there's, like, someone asked us to, like, sign a petition about gun violence, um, then we would all do it. But we're not, like super super like we don't know like everything going on like i don't really know like even i don't really know most of the various little details some people are concerned that young uh women and men like yourself are not as politically engaged that you've turned off to politics do you agree with that or do you disagree with that well we're not when something's really important to us we'll do something about it but we don't like follow like we don't know like each like bill that's being passed but i think that's okay because i th- i don't think i think that when you're young you're supposed to you're supposed to it's not supposed to be your main focus mm-hmm. Zachary, what do you think well i think that's really um that's really what uh the challenge of 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 um of media and uh, of 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 politicians today is to make those issues important to young people i don't think it's necessarily uh young people's uh role to uh, make politics interesting for themselves i think uh we need to we need to make politics practical and pragmatic to the fact that it actually influences people's lives and i think in many ways natalie's point that young people um don't necessarily need to be deeply involved in the uh established uh, politics of the day is actually one that is very heartening because it makes it, it it shows us how young people are 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 innocent and they're trying to learn more about politics so that they can change politics. Right, and school can be a place where they learn and form their own opinions, opinions. not necessarily just the opinions exactly. of their parents. W- one area, and Natalie, you referred to this already, where, where certainly I've observed a great deal of change is in the discussions around sexual orientation. Um, it does seem that uh, young people, people in high school and other grades are more comfortable talking about those issues and more comfortable with, with uh, other young people who have made a variety of different kinds of choices. Is that true? Is that an important issue for your generation yeah definitely um um really something really new to my our generation is that there's now like this gender spectrum there's a sexuality spectrum it's not as black and white so there's people who are saying that they're bisexual or that they're more gay than straight but that they're also both like there's there's lots of different um things people can be um and there's and like there's a lot of people who like 
transgender that's a lot more accepted for example for like for um for my theater assignment or not assignment for like for signing up for like a theater convention we had to like talk about if we were okay staying with a transgender person so that's definitely a new thing Mm -hmm. and And you think that's good yeah i think that's good i think people should be uh be allowed to express themselves and be whoever they want it um it can be a little like awkward sometimes if you're not if you don't feel the same way and you're in a conversation or people are telling you you're something because you act a certain way that you're not but that's also just me that's mm-hmm. not really. Mm-hmm. But do, are are people of different sexual orientation and gender orientation? Are they accepted uh, into into school life? Yeah, as they very should much be? so. And the groups I hang out with, I think um, I do theater at my school, and I think that's an area where there's where there's especially um, it's especially really accepted. What about in athletics? Because you're also in in basketball and things um, of that sort. In so. basketball, uh, yeah, I mean. It's it's like two different worlds, but I I've never had experienced a problem with, like, or heard about a problem where someone was discriminated against because of that. What would you say to uh, some uh, observers and sometimes some parents who say um, this is not a good thing that this is a distraction and that young people shouldn't be talking about these things? Obviously, you don't agree with that. What would you say? I think it's it's that's it's not their place to decide that because they're on the outskirts, and that's just kind of a conceited thing to like if your kid was like struggling with their identity like i don't see what the problem would be with experimenting it's not super harmful like there's ways you can do it in a non-way that actually changes your body Hmm. and so so you you see this you see this as a real uh, opportunity for freedom in school in that sense How, how does this connect to the curriculum and what you learn in school is your curriculum open to creativity and different identities or is it not it's open to creativity in the sense that we and especially in the humanities we do a lot of projects like there's some a lot of opportunities for projects in essays often sometimes there's been um you're allowed to really just express yourself in like your own writing style that's not like super like rigid to a rubric and but the parts i got really frustrated because multiple uh, multiple choice tests are a very rigid and kind of unfair way to test whether or not you know something because a lot of times i experience and i know my i've talked to my friends and they feel the same way that you know it but you just you you know the information like decently you just the questions just go over your head and you can't really show the teachers that you know it but i also understand that there's so many students it's not really a way around it. Right. But. but you think there's too much testing, particularly in Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zachary, what do you think? Well, I, I definitely think that there's way too much emphasis on uh, standardized tests. And I do think that often uh, curriculum is taught as if everything is factual in a way that prevents students from being able to form their own opinions, which I think is a skill that uh, in some ways our society uh, is lacking in and I think it's something that we should make sure that our younger generations are learn for the future because I think it's something that's going to be really important in politics when it comes to democratic change and, and just in life in general right right and and on that note on the the formation of opinions uh, and the understanding and interpreting of the wor- of the world around us uh, how do you find the curriculum and other school activities uh, address issues of racism? Uh, Natalie, this is a very racism, sexism. These are issues that obviously come up a lot in our society today. 
Uh, they're old issues, but they're issues, of course, that are still with us. How do these issues come up uh, for you at school? Well, on, I've never encountered like a racist student or like no one's been like explicitly racist. But um, I do feel like I'm in two different worlds because um, um, as in like AP classes are mainly um, like majority white, like what you would expect and more of like higher social class, whereas regular classes are the opposite, like um, mainly like Hispanic or African-American and lower social classes. So I don't. People I've, with people with lower family incomes. Family, I mean. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, that was a weird way. Family incomes. And um, I feel like I, I feel like um, there could be more done to encourage the people because I'm sure I've met a lot of people in the regular classes who are actually very smart, just afraid to try the higher level mm-hmm. classes. Why, why do you think that is? Why, why is there this bifurcation? I think it's true at many schools around our country today, bifurcation between schools and also within schools. Uh, between certain groups that are in certain kinds of classes and certain groups that are in other kinds of classes? Um, I honestly don't know. It's uh, it's something I've been thinking about a lot, and I just can't find an answer that makes sense. Hmm. Zachary, what do you think? Well, I think there is... Um, I think that... Uh, I haven't had the same experience that Natalie's talking about, about a sort of bifurcation, but I do think there's, uh, there's not enough... Um, there's not enough uh, resources put in this in the public school system to um, to encourage uh, gifted and talented programs and people who are um, who who have a higher uh, who are ahead of their peers when it comes to uh, to 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 learning. Uh, there's there's not enough resources put into encouraging those kids and uh, getting them into higher classes. And part of the problem is that the public school system. Uh, has to handle kids who have um, special needs when it comes to education and kids who are uh, ahead of the curve. And so uh, it's really hard for um, our overburdened public schools to find ways to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, um, people with who feel like they learn like a different way or have a slight like learning like kind of difference um they feel it's not really it's like also like it's a feeling of feeling like an outcast mm-hmm. in the AP class so it, even though you can do it, you, a person could do it. They would mm-hmm. just need more time mm-hmm. and possibly like more tutoring and more mm-hmm. help, and would have to work a little harder than some other people. They'd still they still feel like they'd be an outcast, and they no one wants to be like the stupid kid. Right. Like, that's right. not right. No one wants to that's be like ostracized. Fear, but I don't think that has anything to do with like races. I guess that's just also how you're brought up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, but I think too that um, that kids are very unaware of issues. Of at least at my middle school, which was a private middle school, of of the of the issues of de facto segregation in our right, society right. and the ways in which our city, Austin, which is one of the most segregated cities in the country, the ways in which economics and race play a major role in how you get educated and what careers you go you take and what colleges you go to, and I think we really need to discuss that a lot more because it's something that affects our society and our generation deeply. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and with it being clear that. This this is uh, a major issue in all schools. Uh, what would you do about it, Natalie? Uh, if you could, if oh, you could wow. address this issue, how would you try to deal with the the divisions uh, along racial and economic lines that that are in your school and so many others? Well, I don't know. I that's a kind of that's a really hard question. But one of the things that I know I would do is I would um, like create more 
I would in, could make learning seem more cool, more fun and more cool. And yes. I would teach about, I would share my experiences and various things about how um, I, you, you're smart, just you learn differently. And sometimes <laughs> that doesn't, like my experience with like how like there's like a very enclosed box for like learning problems that there's uh, oftentimes you don't fit inside the box and like different things you can do and how you're just as smart and just different ways of learning and how cool it can be when you learn stuff. And then I would um, create like, like have like more free tutoring, maybe Mm -hmm. like, I know there's a lot of tutoring hours, but encourage it more. Right. So people would would be able to seek out help without feeling they're dumb for asking for help. And also I would share with them that no one, like everyone thinks that other people are paying more attention to them than they actually are so that they should try. Like I would encourage them to try the higher level classes, but I also wouldn't demean them for sticking with the lower level classes. Right. Right. Zachary? Well, I think, um, I mean, I feel like sometimes in many ways the solutions are out there. We just need to invest our time, our energy, and our money in it. Because I think the solutions to ending segregation have been there the whole time. We just need to actually recognize that it's a problem in our society. Uh, And that segregation didn't just end with uh, the 1968 Voting Rights Act. 1965. 65 Voting Rights Act. That it's something that's been going on uh, continuously for, for centuries. And at the same time, I, I definitely think that what Natalie said is really powerful. I think we need to emphasize uh, that every student is different and that every student learns in a different way. And I think we need to put res- more resources into teachers who recognize that, into hiring, mm-hmm. and to encouraging young people to go into teaching right. in public service. Right. Well, and this takes us to uh, another topic I wanted to make sure we discuss, because I think you have uh, both of you and other young people have insights that often aren't listened to, uh, the role of technology. Many uh, parents, many administrators are worried about social media, about cyberbullying and things of that sort, also about the proliferation of non-fact-based sites. Uh, But on the other hand, uh, technology also offers opportunities, right? The opportunity to be able to do research uh, in a way you couldn't before. Tutorial videos. Tutorial videos, Khan Academy, things of that sort. So so what are your thoughts? If if you were asked, as I'm asking you now, uh, how could schools more effectively use technology to help young people? people learn and to combat the misuses of technology what would you say natalie so um i would say that it's actually i don't think it's really the school's place to monitor social media and like students time on computers because um it's up to them how much effort they want to put into their education especially in high school but um i think that yeah i really think that the school actually does a good job of encouraging tutoring sites and we do a lot of um it, you, like conserving paper because we do a lot of online tests but yeah it's also slightly easier to cheat on the computer but they also, i also think they have a good solution to that because they use go guardian mm-hmm. but i know your question was about what they could do better and um i don't i don't really know i honestly i honestly personally prefer um like written stuff mm-hmm. so so you want that option to yeah. do things in writing zachary what do you think well, I, I think that, um, that 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 technology offers a real opportunity because, like like what now he's talking about, people having different learning styles, technology uh, uh, allows teachers to help students in many different ways for many different learning styles because there's so many different resources out there to help you. Like, uh, personally, I'm someone who's an auditory learner, and so I can go online and find, uh, find uh, like, uh, radio programs or things that help explain a topic to me, while someone who's a visual learner can go on YouTube and find a video. And I think that's really helpful. But at the same time, uh, there is a lot of misuse of technology. Um, and 
even in like a school environment, there's uh, there's people who are very uh, who are very a- academic and very smart can st- still often fall into the trap of of getting uh, overly involved sure. in technology. And I think it's something that we just need to teach kids how to be better cyber citizens and uh, how to be better uh, people on the internet mm-hmm. who are responsible for their own information right. and for others. Is yeah, it- I definitely yeah. agree. There's definitely a huge distraction with this um, technology that almost balances out the good it does in right. some cases. Do you have conversations at school about what the best ways are to use technology and what the best etiquette is in communicating with people? N- not Honestly, I, n- I mean, not really, no. But I don't know if that's like a should. good or bad thing. Well, don't maybe. you think that would be useful? You think so? Yeah, maybe. But I don't know how much there is to it. You should, like, if you, you're so distracted by it, you should just delete the app. Right. You should... Like, I don't know how much they would actually talk right. about. Right. So what I wanted to close on today, uh, because it's great to have uh, the voices of, of students rather than just the voices of administrators and, and teachers, what what are the best things that our schools are doing today? Why, why, is, why is school such an important part of our world? We hear so many criticisms from all directions. What are the good things? What are the things that make our schools work? What are the things you appreciate about school that we should all be appreciating as as we send our kids and we ourselves go off to school for the new school year? Natalie? I love the community and just the opportunity to rein, like to um, like reinvent yourself because you, there's so many people. So like in different classes, you can almost reinvent yourself. Um, the community, the people you meet, just it's just a good time in your life. Like you're figuring everything out, and there's so many people there to support you in your high school. Like you meet so many mentors and so many good people, and it really is a home away from home because of all the. Like, it's like each day at lunch, you catch up with your friends. It's like, yeah, it's just, I really like it. And the vast majority of teachers really care, don't they? Yeah, there's at least, um, for every bad teacher, there's at least one teacher who, for every terrible teacher, there's at least one teacher who really, really cares. So that's (laughs) good. That's probably as good a ratio as we're going to get. Zachary, what are your thoughts? I really think uh, that, that what makes school so special are the teachers and the students. And I feel like you can have a school that has... Uh, that 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 does not that does nothing but that well, and I think you can still have an amazing environment. And I think that uh, meeting so many other young people that are like yourself and finding experiences to grow by meeting new people and uh, and meeting new teachers, I think is something that's a really important opportunity. And the how much many of our teachers care and and how much they sacrifice for our education is something that really makes you work hard and yes. incentivizes you, you also have to, oh sorry to make good use of your time yeah. yeah and it's like when you have a really good teacher that really changes you it just it's like so like it's so great and it's just it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an amazing experience. Amazing experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I, I thank you both, uh, Natalie and Zachary, for sharing your, your thoughts. I, I think too often when we talk about school, we don't actually hear the voices of the students in the school. And we should get you, other students. Absolutely. We should have more students. on. What, what you remind us in your comments today is uh, how uh, a vibrant democracy needs vibrant schools and the schools are made vibrant by the kids and the teachers in the buildings and uh, that's why the beginning of the school year is such an optimistic time because as Natalie said so well it's a time for new friends new connections and as Zachary said a a time to learn learn and reconnect uh, (laughs) with different people and uh, so uh, we're really lucky to be able to have the beginning of the school year and to talk about it here thank you for joining us on this episode of this is democracy
This podcast is produced by the Liberal Arts Development Studio and the College of Liberal Arts at the University of Texas at Austin. The music in this episode was written and recorded by Harrison Lemke, and you can find his music at harrisonlemke.com. Subscribe and stay tuned for a new episode every Thursday featuring new perspectives on democracy.